and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there. Welcome to the podcast. We're glad that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that God would be glorified and you as our listeners would be edified. I would encourage you, as the young lady said, to uh, go to our webpage and check us out there. We are really trying to raise funds to keep the webpage going as well as this podcast. We know everybody's struggling right now. So many people do listen to this overseas that cannot send money or have the way of even supporting us if they could send it. So uh, please, please uh, consider doing that as you enjoy this podcast. Tell others about us and uh, check out our social media accounts as well. I would encourage you to get your Bible and follow along and open it up to Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9 and mark it there. And then turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. Today we're going to talk about, can there be good news in hard times? Could there be good news in hard times? You know, hard times really is really nothing new to the face of the planet, especially to us as human beings. Hard times, trials, tribulations, uh, seem to be a constant thing like the changing of the weather. You can watch the news on any given day or, or hear hard times around the country or the country that you live in. You can read them in the newspaper or listen to the radio, listen to the news. It, uh, it's just totally around us. It's really hard to avoid hard times. I, I think hard times are coming for most Americans, if not all of us, I think the uh, wrath of God really is upon us unless we turn and repent. But even if you look back in Israel's day and time, I mean, they had hard times as well. And it was usually when they had drifted away from God as a nation. Does it mean uh, that people have hard times in their life, that they have drifted away from God, or God's drifted away from them. It's just called life. It's just the sinful world that we live in. Uh, they're simply uh, around us. We all have experienced them. We will experience them again uh, at some point in our lives. I've heard an old saying that, that living of life, will suck the life right out of you. I think that's a pretty true statement. The living of life will lead you through deep valleys uh, where the sun never seems to come out. Uh, it's just nothing but cold and dark. And But then there seems to be days of life uh, that's just everything's caving in around you. You're in those valleys, you know, as the psalmist would talk about. Uh, hard times wear you out. There is just simply no doubt about it. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, it wears you out. Uh, excitement, uh, could, this could come from, you know, growing up, childhood. Uh, anybody that tells me they want to be a kid again, uh, either they uh, are lying 
or they just simply uh, have not lived the life. That, I, I would never want to go back through childhood. I'll just put it that way. Growing up is hard to do. So we can try to convince ourselves that this is something new, that we've gotten into some terrible deal. But the fact of the matter is hard times have occupied our history uh, as long as mankind has really walked the globe. There are some today that teach the, uh, this bold-faced lie that if you do what God says to the letter of the law, you will never go through hard times. But I've come to tell you today uh, that is that's a lie. That's a false teaching. In an example, uh, you don't think that Jesus didn't have a hard day uh, in the garden, uh, going through a crucifixion, uh, a beating, and dying. You don't think that was not a hard time. I think you need to reevaluate. Uh, and he obviously led a perfect life. He was sinless. Uh, the other things could be said true about the apostles and their preaching, the teaching, the martyrism, uh, that they would go through prison, uh, and so on. So you can be living a very true, faithful life to God and still have hard times. There was a man that lived about 3,000 years ago. So much, uh, I guess, for hard times being new, right? He did exactly what God had commanded him to do, and yet it got him in all kinds of trouble. And this man we're going to talk about is Elisha. And we're going to talk a lot more about him. Again, if you have not opened the Bible, please do so to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18 will be starting around verse 36 right after this. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening and may he have the glory. So, uh, again, this man lived about 3,000 years ago. We started to talk about this right uh, before our break. Uh, the man's name is Elisha, and this would be a truly a man of God who was challenged by uh, the king's yes man, as I would call them. Uh, the king would tell them to go do something, and they say, yes, king. He never questioned anything. They just kind of went and did it. And so uh, there, these guys would be false prophets, and he will challenge them, and along with Jezebel. And it's all going to come to a head, really, at Mount Carmel. And the challengers are really quite bold. Elisha and the prophets would, would each get one bull to sacrifice on an altar located uh, there at Mount Carmel. And that the God would answer with fire, uh, burn up the sacrifice, would be recognized as the one true living God. And there's really, if you read all this text, we're going to read quite a bit of it, but there's a lot of people here. They're, they're really watching, observing. Uh, I'm sure if we had something like this going on in our day, uh, people would just come from everywhere uh, to watch this, especially as news traveled about what was going on. So Elisha really has a lot to lose if God really doesn't show up for this event. But... Uh, 
he had much more to lose if if he refused to show up for God. Uh, to make a long story short, these false prophets, they'll dance around, they chant, they cut themselves with knives, uh, trying to arouse their God, but Baal. And nothing really happens. So when it finally, this uh, event kind of says, hey, you know, Baal really doesn't have any power uh, to do what he's being asked, uh, Elijah then kind of what we would say is steps up to the plate. Uh, remember, the true God would answer with fire. And, and to kind of add insult to injury, Elisha has four very large containers filled with water poured over this sacrifice, and, and then he would have it done again. If that wasn't enough, Elisha would do that for a third time. And so if you really get this, they're in a drought, and it hasn't rained for quite a, quite a spell. And so for them to be able to have this water just to throw onto uh, a carcass, it's pretty amazing that they would be willing to do that. So follow along here with me, First Kings chapter 18, as Elisha lifts up his eyes to heaven and says, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done these things at your command. Verse 37, Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. So God would answer Elisha's prayer immediately, and, and the hearts of the people uh, were deceived no more. Elisha did just what he was told to do. And the people would turn back to Almighty God. In the very next chapter, we hear uh, that the king and Jezebel, they're really mad as, you know, we would say mad as hornets. Uh, they're really, really upset. And they began coming after Elijah in, in 1 Kings chapter 19. And Elisha, I mean, I understand, he was afraid for his life, and so he would run. And he would go and hide. And this is kind of where we're going to pick up here in verse 4 of 1 Kings chapter 19. While he himself went on a day's journey into the desert, he came to a, a broom tree and sat down under and prayed that he might die. Boy, if we all wondered and had a bad day wishing we weren't, why was I ever born? Anyway, Elijah says, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Verse 5. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. Now, those who say that hard times are for those who are living in sin and need to consider this, the obedience of Elijah, who has just stood up, and faced 850 false prophets in the name of God. Hard times had convinced Elisha that he was all used up, that he could not go on, and that he was done, he was finished. And here was a great man of God that was ready to throw in the towel because hard times were pressing him. 
Hard times come in many different packages. Sometimes they wrap uh, themselves up in, in, in a hospital gown at the intensive care unit. Other times they may take on uh, a marriage that's gone bad, a child that's gone astray, a job that's folding with no prospects, no hopes of raises or promotions, or a, a friend that's moving away, uh, a mate, uh, a spouse that... Uh, just kind of lays down and never really wants to get back up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that dashes our hopes. It just cuts them up and and throws them into the fire. But in our story today, we're, we're going to look at two people who knew what hard times uh, was about in Acts chapter 9. And this would be Anais and the chorus. These stories are very different, uh, but they really are the same in many ways they 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 have this hope that's being replaced with hopelessness and hard times have really have taken their toll acts chapter 9 and verse 32 and peter traveled about the country and he went to visit the saints in lydia and there he found a man named ananias a paralytic who paralytic excuse me who had I've uh, been bedridden for eight years. Verse 34. Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take care of your mat. And immediately he got up. And all those who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa there was a disciple which named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas who was always doing good in helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in the upstairs room. Lydia was near Joppa, so when the disciple heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men and urged him to please come at once. Verse 39. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room, and all the widows stood around him, crying, showing him the robes and their other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. And Peter sent him out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed, turned toward the den woman and said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. So Peter's travels have taken him uh, to Lydia. The, the city is called uh, Lod, L-O-D, in First Chronicles chapter eight verse twelve, it's a town in the Old Testament where the uh, tribe of Benjamin really lived at in this area near the plain of Sharon. Uh, Lydia is a crossroads. It's located at the intersections for many caravan routes in its day and time, going from Egypt to Babylon, and this road from Joppa to Jerusalem. It was a town that knew hardship. It had been resettled. Uh, according to Ezra chapter 2, it later became the capital of uh, Samaria. But the good news of Jesus spreads to Lydia, and probably because it's located 
only about 30 miles outside of Jerusalem. I wanted you to please take note of this. The gospel message, this lady being a Christian, did not prevent her uh, from hard times in this town. And around 70 AD, the Romans were going to burn it to the ground, and Lydia would be uh, rebuilt, trusting in God. As a result, Christianity uh, becomes a strong influence by the second century. When Peter arrived in Lydia, they, there was already followers of Jesus, obviously, in the city, as we read in Acts 9, verse 32. But Peter traveled there to, to visit other Christians, the word saints in this uh text here Um, and so Peter uh, would meet this man and he had been bedridden for eight years Uh, he's he's bed stricken and so again let's look at uh, 9 Acts chapter 9 verse 32 through 35 here Peter traveled about the country and went to visit the saints in Lydia and there he found a man who who had been bedridden for eight years And Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Notice Peter doesn't take any credit for this at all. Uh, Get up, take care of your mat. And immediately he got up. Verse 35, And all those who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Now I can only have this picture in my mind because it's really not stated in the scripture um, that this man felt like his best days were behind him. I mean, he's obviously been bedridden for eight years, so that means at one point in time he was not. And Peter didn't say, I will pray for you. Uh, I will anoint you with oil. Uh, Peter prays. And so Luke, uh, the writer of, the, of Acts, doesn't tell us much about this man, uh, who he was, was he a follower of Jesus, uh, and so on. How old he was, we really don't know that either. But he did wonder, I I would think, that if he would really be healed by Peter, what Peter told him about Jesus, get up. Jesus Christ heals you. Uh, To answer all those questions, honestly, nobody really knows. There's no way to know what is going on in this man's mind. But I can tell you, he felt that, you know, a day in bed, perhaps he dreamed that someday he would get up and be able to walk around and, and be with the others in town, go do his job, whatever it is. And so, but I'm not sure that this man really is the focus of the story. I mean, Luke ends uh, his four-letter verse about this man with these words, All of those who lived in Lydia saw him and turned to the Lord. So I'm pretty convinced that all those that uh, Peter's talking about, uh, excuse me, Luke, wants to us to take notice of this little story about God healing this man and how many people came to the knowledge and believing in God. We, uh, I'm convinced sometimes we miss the good news in the midst of our hard times because we're looking for all the wrong answers, and I know that we all do that. We're looking for relief in our distress. We're, we're looking for the hand of God in everything and our difficulties, trying to find the right answers. What path and doors am I supposed to really be walking on or walking through? 
There is good news for hard times, listeners, and it's this. God's love is demonstrated to us through Jesus. And I, I want to I tell you another story about good news for hard times. Just, just 12 miles from Lydia, there's another town called Joppa. And this town is around modern-day Tel Aviv in Israel, be a suburb of Tel Aviv. And there's a, a beautiful woman who is busy doing good in her own town. Uh, she becomes ill. Eventually, she dies. Uh, these people, her Peter was in the area. And so they go looking for Peter to to bring Peter back uh, to the house. And uh, as we have already uh, read, Peter would go up. He would pray over her. Uh, in verse 39 here again, Peter went to went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room where all the widows uh, stood around him, uh, crying and showing him the robes that she had made. And so, uh, again, if you don't pay attention, you can very easily miss one of the most uh, beautiful, compelling parts of the story in verse 36 that Luke tells us about. She was a lady who was always going around and doing good and helping the poor. And it seems after Peter arrives, uh, the widows are, you know, they're all trying to do their mourning and, and whatnot. I'm not sure that the focus of this story on this lady is all of those who uh, are upstairs in this room, but it's those who heard what had happened. Verse 42 again. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. So through this lady's, she's done really good things. All of a sudden she gets ill, she dies, and maybe somebody might think, well, that's all sad, and it all just happens. Uh, others might think, wow, she claims to be a Christian, believing in God, trusting in God, what's really happened to her. But the good news is, even in the hard times, this lady uh, has not been left behind in her troubles. God has taken care of her and sends Peter. You know, that's something else, too. God sends people in our lives to help us through hard times. And, you know, it's kind of sad when I hear people say, well, I don't really want to talk to that, that person. They're, they're just full of drama. I don't want to hear about their troubles. I've got my own. Well, a Christian brother or sister in Christ will listen and try to do their best to give godly advice, if there is any godly advice to be given. Definitely be praying with those people and for those people. I mean, when they're in hard times, it is just difficult and to get through. And it's, some people get really stuck in the rut, and that's easy to do as well. So... This idea, again, it's taught in, especially in America, wealth and health. And uh, if you believe in God, you can have all these great riches, fancy cars, millions of dollars. Well, that all might be fine and dandy, and God might grant you those things. But the, really, the true thing is God has given you his son. Uh, he, he's, he is the bearer of good news. Life on earth is hard. It really is. But we have something to look forward to, and that's something I, I do. I just know that someday I'm going to be with the Lord. 
and that is what gets me through the day. I'm not saying that's easy, um, poor us to do when we're going through lots of hard times. If you need help or prayers, I would really encourage you to, to find somebody that would really pray with you. We do have a prayer list currently on our webpage. Um, if you're a regular listener for the last month, six weeks, you know we've asked uh, pretty uh, diligently for financial help to keep all that going. We do have people who really submit prayer requests, and we really need to be praying for those people who've asked. I I pray each and every day for those folks. I pray for the persecuted church and for God's wisdom in everything that I do and say, especially through this podcast. Well, I hope that God will continue to bless you and that you'll continue to listen to us and tell others about us. And may God bless you and may He always have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.